waiting long. But when his secretary took me to his room, I would not have recognized the man I had known eighteen months before. His big frame seemed to have dropped flesh, and there was a stoop in the square shoulders. His face had lost its rosiness, and was red in patches, like that of a man who gets too little fresh air. His hair was much greyer and very thin about the temples, and there were lines of overwork below the eyes. But the eyes were the same as before, keen and kindly and shrewd, and there was no change in the firm set of the jaw. "'We must on no account be disturbed for the next hour,' he told his secretary. When the young man had gone, he went across to both doors and turned the keys in them. "'Well, Major Hannay,' he said, flinging himself into a chair beside the fire. "'How do you like soldiering?' "'Right enough,' I said, "'though this isn't just the kind of war I would have picked myself. "'It's a comfortless, bloody business. "'But we've got the measure of the old Bosch now, "'and it's dogged as does it. "'I count on getting back to the front in a week or two. "'Will you get the battalion?' he asked. "'He seemed to have followed my doings pretty closely.' I believe I have a good chance. I'm not in this show for honour and glory, though. I want to do the best I can, but I wish to heaven it was over. All I think of is coming out of it with a whole skin. He laughed. You do yourself an injustice. What about the forward observation post at the Lone Tree? You forgot about the whole skin then. I felt myself getting red. Oh, that was all rot, and I can't think who told you about it. I hated the job, but I had to do it to prevent my subalterns going to glory. There were a lot of fire-eating young lunatics. If I'd sent one of them, he'd have gone on his knees to Providence and asked for trouble. Sir Walter was still grinning. I'm not questioning your caution. You have the rudiments of it or our friends of the Black Stone would have gathered you in at our last merry meeting. I would question it as little as your courage. What exercises my mind is whether it's best employed in the trenches. Is the War Office dissatisfied with me? Oh, they are profoundly satisfied. They propose to give you command of your battalion. Presently, if you escape a stray bullet... You will no doubt be a brigadier. It's a wonderful war for youth and brains, eh? But I take it you are in this business to serve your country, Hannay. I reckon I am. I'm certainly not in it for my health. He looked at my leg, where the doctors had dug out the shrapnel fragments, and smiled quizzically. Pretty fit again? Tough as a shambok. I thrive on the racket and eat and sleep like a schoolboy. He got up and stood with his back to the fire, his eyes staring abstractedly out of the window at the wintry park. Ah, it's a great game, and you are the man for it, no doubt. But there are others who can play it, for soldiering today asks for the average rather than the exception in human nature. 
It's like a big machine where the parts are standardized. You're fighting, not because you're short of a job, but because you want to help England. How, if you could help her better than by commanding a battalion, or a brigade, or if it comes to that, a division? How if there is a thing which you alone can do? Not some embusque business in an office, but a thing compared to which your fight at Lou's was a Sunday school picnic. You're not afraid of danger? Well, in this job you'd not be fighting with an army around you, but alone. You're fond of tackling difficulties, hmm? I could give you a task which will try all your powers. Have you anything to say? My heart was beginning to thump uncomfortably. Sir Walter was not the man to pitch a case too high.